When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Without further ado... We will shut up and let someone who is much more plugged in and much more uh, intelligent in this discussion. That would be Jim Peterson, Fox Sports North, Timberwolves color commentator. Uh, one of the more prominent days in Timberwolves history today, Jim Peterson. You can count them probably on uh, less than two hands. But your thoughts overall on the entire <laughs> roster being turned over this week and D'Angelo Russell coming in for Andrew Wiggins today. I mean, there's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. uh, I I don't even know. I mean, just I don't know where you want to start. I mean, even just going back to Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham. I mean, um, unloading nine players. I mean, basically the, the the team that you brought to training camp is is just completely gone. So, I mean, Teague Graham, Covington, Kada, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, Jordan Bill Wiggins, and Gorgie Jang. I mean, that's that is it's just unbelievable what. Kirsten Rosas has been able to do. So you're right. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had a vision for a way he wanted to play and the roster construction, the way it was, um, was not going to fit the way that Kirsten wanted to play. And uh, it was obvious. I mean, right. So like you're trying to get these guys to, you know, square peg round hole. And it's not that they didn't buy in because I think Ryan did a great job. His coaching staff did a great job of, of, I mean, I'm telling you like just going to training camp down in Mankato and then going to practices and going to shoot arounds, even during these losing streaks. <clears throat> during these losing streaks, he'd go to shoot around and there'd be so much great energy in there. And you're going like, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. Cause I've been around a lot of teams. Uh, very rarely do you have teams that have gone through two double digit, uh, losing streaks and have the kind of positive energy around a group of people. And now, you know, when they got on the floor and they had to put it together and have to play within the system, they just didn't have the shooting and the wherewithal, didn't have the primary ball handler that could, that could orchestrate pick and roll game or, you know, be, play in isolation if you're not going to play pick and roll. Um, they didn't have the point guard play. Point guard play, guard play in general, you know, both, both, you know, point guard and shooting guard positions are so vital to the lifeblood of a team being able to operate, even, you know, a team that went through a lot of changes like Portland, for instance, Portland went through a bunch of changes, but they have, you know, Damian Lillard and uh, CJ McCollum. And you have those two kind of guys that can set the table for your team. You could still have success. Right. So, um, I mean, Gerson, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be the biggest coup in Timberwolves history in terms of, uh, in terms of, I don't care before the draft, after the draft, um, trade deadline, 
there's never been a day like this where just a huge roster switch and a flip of talent and and I thought the Wolves did a great job of getting a lot of value back. I think that, you know, I had a chance to meet Malik Beasley last night, guys, after the Atlanta game. So Benz and I went over to the Lowe's, and we saw we saw Malik's mom. And then Malik came over. He was in the cold tub at the practice facility, came over. And the energy from this dude, like, he is just brimming. With op- he, he's so optimistic. He's so confident. And then I love his game. Like, you're just watching him in Denver – He's exactly what Minnesota needs. Spot up shooting, uh, incredible athlete, plays in transition, plays fast, good defender, um, looking to, you know, looking for an opportunity. He wasn't playing much in Denver. And now he's going to probably be a starter and get big time minutes. So um, it's just, like I said, there's lots to unpack. I can just keep on talking and do a monologue here, but I want to get your questions in too because. There's just so much to cover. It's just incredible. Hey, Jim, do, do you uh, think that this trade makes Cat happy now? And and how concerned have you been by, well, I would say about the last m- month, m- month and a half with his demeanor? Because clearly the talent is there. But, you know, last night was a performance where you watched that and thought to yourself, oh, boy, he he's not there. How much do you think the D'Angelo Russell trade takes a step towards making him a happy person again? I think I think it, it I think it's a huge thing, Judd. I think that I think that you know getting getting Carl into a, a, a zone where he feels like because this is the thing that you know like Kevin Garnett like I just feel like you know Mikhail just never did a great job of getting the pieces around Garnett. Um, you know they did they did a nice job that you know one season you know when that when Sam Cassone's free came in, but. You think about the squandered opportunities um, when KG was here at the height of his career, and then, you know, the the whole thing, you know, with Kevin Love and like, and Ricky Rubio, the David Kahn era, just you know that that was a complete misfire, and so Love, you know, got so frustrated he wanted to leave, and then you're able to, you know, get Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, and Andrew Wiggins, and thinking, okay, you got this young core now. But there, you know, there's been a revolving door. You know, it's been front office, it's been coaches. Uh, it's been difficult. So, like, you know, one of the things we always talk about, Andrew, is just like, you know, the, the poor kid, like, had so many different systems and so many sensibilities, and you get beaten down by all of that. And I think Carl is no different. Like, Carl, you know, he really resonated with Flip. Like, he loved Flip Saunders. And then you go through that tragic situation, and then you bring in Sam Mitchell, and then Mitch comes in, and I thought Sam did a really good job. I thought Sam did a great job reaching those guys. I thought he did a good job, good job developing those guys. And Carl really, really did like, um, did really like Sam Mitchell. Like he really uh, enjoyed working with him, and, and I think Sam felt the same way. And then all of a sudden, you bring in Tibbs, and all of a sudden, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is, uh, you know, enemy number one. You know, it seems that Jimmy Butler and Tibbs both beating him down, saying all the things he can't do versus what he can do. Um, I think that all that weighs. And then, you know, these last two seasons have not been easy. You know, it's not been, it's not been easy. So I I get that he's frustrated. And I get that sometimes when that frustration comes out, it comes out into quotes and things that he says that that you know don't. He's not reading the room right. You know, and and he's still young, so he's he's still trying to figure things out. But um, Carl is, and we can all agree on this: Carl Anthony Towns is a transcendent talent. Whether he's top ten, top twenty, wherever you want to put him. Uh, Gerson Rosas and his staff said, 
we Carl Anthony Towns is untouchable. We are going to build around this great piece. He's he's a he's a multi-dimensional transcendent player. He's got some defensive deficiencies, yes, but we are going to do everything in our power to make this kid happy. And I just think it's an unbelievable job by Gerson to be able to execute this. It looked like the deal was dead in the water, right? And all of a sudden you get this thing done. And now, I mean, my optimism is shot through the roof. I think, I don't know what the, what the temperature is in the room you guys are sitting in right now. I got to feel like, you know, from my Twitter feed, it seems like our fan base has been energized when things seem dead in the water. So um, I, I just can't say enough about what, how just, you know, Gerson just accumulating assets, accumulating players that fit within the system. Do they have the courage to do all of this and execute it within, you know, a couple of weeks is pretty incredible. And I, I I love what Garrison Rosas has done. I think they won this trade. I'm excited about the trade. But I, I won't lie, Jim. It's it's a little bit dampered because of where I where I've come to be when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns. And when when the chips are down, there there is a lot of ways to react that I will be okay with. Pouting is not one of them, and that's what I've seen from Carl Anthony Towns, whether it's when things are going bad on the court or when he's talking, as you just alluded to, to reporters in the locker room after the game, uh, off the court or just not talking to reporters after the game when they when they lose a 27-point lead. After seeing what I've seen from him from the last month, month and a half, I can't sugarcoat it, Jim. I don't think that he's the guy who can lead and set the tempo or, or set the attitude for this basketball team. Am I off on that? Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, I was doing it when I was 24. I was, I wasn't the, I wasn't the star of the show, but you know, I was in the NBA and I was, you know, uh, dealing with the media, the things that they've got to deal with now, the pressures on them, uh, the media is just crushing. I mean, like it's between social media and the actual media and, you know, you know, having, Question. I mean, you're 24 years old and you've been carrying this load. I mean, when you go to Kentucky, you know, I was watching John Calipari talk about um, after a loss they took um, just recently. I think it was at Texas Tech, and he was like, "Hey, this this is what you guys signed up for. You guys signed up for Kentucky, and you're going to every every game is a Super Bowl, and you're going to take all these slings and arrows on the road. The people are going to be saying stuff to you, and so to, you know, to go through. I mean, Carl's been on the stage for a long time, and I just think that. Um, he, he's, you know, he's not used to using these kids are, you know, used to kind of, they're a little bit different now with these kids, you know, they're different, you know, they kind of want to have success more instantly. And so not everybody's going to handle adversity the same way. And so Carl's no different. So I'm going to give Carl a pass. I'm going to, I'm going to turn the page. Um, I think that now you got to try to put together a team where you can, you know, uh, if you've got some guns around Carl, how's he going to act now? So, I don't think very many guys would be very happy being being through what Carl's had to go through um, and the whole Tibbs experience and, and how that kind of beat him down. And then, you know, this whole process of, you know, having high expectations and then kind of having things thwarted for you. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I hear you. Carl has not always handled things the way you'd like him to. But he's a young kid who's, who's learning, and I think he's going to be better for it. Jim Peterson is with us here. Just a, a couple more minutes, and, and we thank Jim for, for your time. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. So D'Angelo Russell, this will this will amazingly be his fourth team since joining the NBA just five or six years ago. Uh, so he's he's bounced around, and some of it's just circumstance. How good of a player is he? And from what you know, what type of a personality is he? What type of a, what, what kind of dog does he have in him, so to speak? 
Well, I, I, the first time I ever saw D'Angelo Russell play was um, my son Sanjay was playing at Northwestern. So I saw Ohio State play at Welsh Ryan Arena, and I saw D'Angelo Russell, you know, bust him for 38. And uh, I saw a kid that was incredibly adept in pick-and-roll game. And the decision-making that he was able to execute as a freshman at Ohio State um, was I mean, his, his was unbelievable. And his shot-making and his ability to play in isolation and make other people better, um, that, you know, that was the first time I ever saw him play. And I was just, I was just very impressed. And then, you know, he goes to Los Angeles and, and – um, you know, that was a difficult time for the Lakers. They were going through a rebuilding process. They had a bunch of young kids together. It didn't work out. D'Angelo showed that he was a kid and that he was, like, not mature all the time and made some bad decisions. Um, but, you know, I thought, he, I thought he kind of transformed himself in Brooklyn. You know, he goes to Brooklyn, and they coached him up, and um, he became an all-star. So, I mean, it's pretty good when you can get the, the, the you know, one and two players in that draft on your team. And, and um, um, I think that, you know – I think that obviously, you know, D'Angelo had to go through some some growth, and and I think that it's, he's probably still going through that. I think that this is an opportunity for now. One of the things he was saying is he wanted to go to a place and, and finally put on some roots. So I just think that that their friendship now hopefully will motivate them both to sort of cover up some of the things that are wrong with their games, and especially on the defensive end. I think both of them have been maligned for being poor defenders, so that's going to be something that's, that Ryan Saunders is going to be charged with of, you know, are they going to be able to play together and get stops? Because, you know, yeah, they can both score, but, you know, we know in order to be successful, you've got to be able to defend. And so I, I think that, you know, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they put all this together. Because, you know, offense, you can, you can figure out offense, but defense is the team concept, and you've got to be on the same page. You've got to be able to communicate coverages, be able to, you know, help each other. And, yeah, a lot of defensive concepts are the same from team to team, but um, putting it together quickly is going to be difficult. I, I, it's funny because I was calling Aaron C., who's in our, our, our media relations director, and he answered the phone. He was busy. He couldn't talk, but I said, are we going to have another media day? We almost need another media day. And we need another training camp. So, <laughs> and name you know, tags. Luckily, yeah, I mean, luckily, you know, they've got, a, um, you know, they've got all-star break coming up, so you can kind of get some time together. But this is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like this. And it's going to be very interesting covering this team this time forward and to see how it kind of all grows and fits together. Last thing, Jim Pete. Andrew Wiggins, Andrew, 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 uh, among the yep. p- among the potential talents that you've seen ver- versus expectations not met. When you uh, talk about him down the road, what's going to be your your recollection? Because when he wanted to play, he could be a really good player. I just felt there were so many times Jim Pete he didn't really want to play. Just, I mean, just disappointing. You know, I mean, like the, the, Andrew's such a um, a. <sighs> He's a polarizing figure because, um, you know, let me, let me tell you something. He's one of the most beloved guys in the locker room. Like the, the, the players, his teammates, all love him. And the coaches, obviously, they're frustrated, but he, like, you can't question his integrity. You can't question the kind of person he is. He's a great father. He's a great son. His parents are, you know, uh, I, I, I played with Mitchell Wiggins, so I've known Mitchell since 1984, and we were teammates for four years with the Houston Rockets. So, I mean, I've known uh, his family for a long time. And, you know, he's a great family man. So he's a great kid. But the, the nights, I mean, the night in and night out sort of just frustration of, 
you know, can he just will us to a win? You know, he he did he did will us to a win. The game against Miami at Target Center was probably the best I ever saw him play in terms of just willing Minnesota to a win. And he just didn't do that enough based on how much talent he had. So, you know, we we, we always kind of, you know, whether it's a home game or a road game, we always kind of would go, man, he's just so frustrating, you know, because he's so good, but yet he just doesn't seem to care, you know, like just his demeanor. You guys all know, you guys cover him. So you guys you guys have probably interviewed him and you know, you know uh, Phil, I know you guys sat down with him and did a great job interviewing Andrew, kind of, you know, buried a lot of uh, a lot of old sound bites and, and things you guys had to talk about. So you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so it's I'm happy for him that he's going to go to a place where he's got a chance to really kind of turn the page and become what what everybody thought he could be. Whether he can do it or not, you know, I, I I'm gonna I don't know what the odds are of him actually realizing whatever we think his potential is. Um, but it, it's going to be if it's going to be if it's going to happen any place, I think it's going to happen at Golden State because that's just a it's a classy organization, great leadership. The expectations are going to be low for him. He's not going to have to carry the team. So, uh, best of luck to Andrew. He's a he's a great kid and deserves better. Yeah, uh, that, I I tweeted that out before the show too, and that I I don't think anyone in this town has been as hard on him as early for four plus years as I have. We did have a great sit down, and I flat out told him face to face, you know, at, at training camp and media day. Listen, I've been super hard on you. These are the reasons why. What do you have to say about that? And we talked for fifteen minutes. And it was great. I honestly wish him the best. Golden State would be the place to unlock him if anyone is going to. And yep. uh, and and we will find out, I guess. So, Jim Peterson, hey, thank you so much for your insight on this. Just a huge day for the Timberwolves. And uh, we'll, we'll get a bunch of name tags floating around Wolves practice so you can <laughs> be brushed up for Saturday. Got a new right? team to cover, Jim Pete. You got a new team. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right, man. That is Jim Peterson from... Fox Sports. Let's let's just keep it here for a little while. Uh, on air production meeting, we'll get to Sage football wisdom and some great conversation uh, about Kirk Cousins and quarterbacks at the top of the hour. But let's keep it here for another few minutes. How, what do you guys think the new expectation should be now that the roster has been turned over? Now that the Wolves' intentions are clear, at least for the foreseeable future, that this this nucleus is now Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. And then what other components they can put around them that they added today and this week and that they're going to add in the offseason, in the draft and free agency. What is the new expectation for you guys? I care about two guys. That's it. I care about two guys. Well, three if you want to include Ryan Saunders. But as far as players, I, I got to find out just exactly who and what D'Angelo Russell is. I know he's a very good basketball player. I haven't watched him up close or on a night-to-night basis to really know who or what that guy really is top to bottom. So I'm curious about that. And the other one is Cat. And I asked Judd this question today on Score North Live, weekdays, noon to 2, scorenorth.com, and the Score North app. We broke this news live and broke it down for two hours. You can go and listen to that as soon as we're done here at 6. I asked Judd, because we're, we both seem to be at, at the same place with Cat. With the rest of what's left in this season, and now that you went and got him his guy, and like I said before we brought Jim Pete on, have done everything that you can do to capitulate to and foster the growth of a superstar player. Are you, Do you enter that with an open mind to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe we still haven't seen the real Carl Anthony Towns yet? And that that guy who we're, we're looking for to emerge can still emerge because... I hope I'm wrong, but I don't enter it with a lot of hope that that See, can happen. And that th- those two things, as far as players on the court, are the only two things I care about. What kind of player is D'Angelo Russell? 
And can Cat be that guy who they need him to be if you're going to build this thing around him? Last night was really disappointing because to what you just said, I think when adverse moments and situations pop up, I think people show who they really are in those moments. When, When it's hard and when you're grinding and when you're losing and when things aren't going your way, are you the type of person to stand up and be a beacon of positivity and leadership in those moments on the court and behind the scenes and just in any setting, really, for anyone who's who works at any job? Or are you the first one to say, uh, I'm sick of losing and I'm and I'm and I'm going to I'm going to literally check out on the court for the first three quarters right. like we saw last night. With So that was disappointing. But I think going forward now, it's all about, OK, this is who he has been. Does this put a jolt into him? Does he have a pep in his step? And are those guys going to have a great chemistry? Is this, I mean, this really 23 years later, this is sort of, in a perfect world, the second coming of Kevin Garnett and Stefan Marbury in terms of positions and even like but what's the, the shoot menta- first what's nature the of the though? point guard. Because KG was. And I am not comparing Carl Anthony yeah. Towns to KG's demeanor or mentality. You know those what are two me different. about last night? I, I found um, uh, Cat's quotes, especially about the trade of Covington, his buddy, to be disingenuous because one, he was fully in the loop that they were trying to get his friend D'Angelo Russell, okay? The other thing is, and, and I brought this up. Um, on Score North Live with Rami and Ventline before that, Phil. You know, I've had partners here who have been gone, right? Like, in our job, we have changed, right? People get fired. And I've never once come in and been like, I really, this show, I'm not going to be very enthusiastic because my friend's gone. Much less, let's say, management was trying to hire another good friend of mine and let and let a sort of buddy of mine go and so I yeah, felt while that they're still act, trying to appease you yeah, and cater I, to you. I felt that act was disingenuous, and I have my doubts about the reality because he knew that they were trying to get his friend. Um, I'll, I'll take your question, Phil, and broaden it out a little bit too. The one thing I am curious to see now is: is this closer to the roster that Rosas envisioned to play the style that we talked about? Because the opening night roster through last night was not that roster. And they were trying to play this game. I, I think the stat I saw this morning is I think they have something like the third most three-point attempts in the NBA and the second worst three-point shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. Something ridiculous like that. And we all knew that what Gerson and Ryan desired wasn't going to work. So my question now is for the final part of, of this season beyond what Rami's talking about with just seeing how Russell and Towns react and play together. I am curious now if these other parts, components that they brought in can play that style, so we get an idea not just of the style, but also the potential execution. Yeah, it's funny because they brought in their system and said, all right, we're going to space and we're going to shoot threes. Yeah. And that's the system, but a lot of the components, even Andrew Wiggins, the Golden State Warriors do the same thing. Andrew Wiggins is not a good three-point shooter. He can shoot from a couple places on the court, but he's not a good three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell's a, a better three-point shooter. He's... D'Angelo Russell is also kind of a volume scorer, and th- this is the biggest question with with D'Angelo: Is he really the second coming of Stephon Marbury? Where yeah, he's he's a he's a point guard. He's a he can he can play off the ball a little bit too, but ultimately he likes to get his shots up, and he shoots forty two percent, and he's more interested in getting his twenty three to twenty five points and maybe like six or seven assists than actually putting together a winning blueprint. So is Cat still outside in this world then, or is there, or, or, or does Cat play the post more now with Russell here? Well, I think no, I, I think the Timberwolves want Cat to be shooting eight, nine, ten three pointers a game. For sure. That's what the, I mean they yeah. they want. So this they doesn't want really change where Cat is going to be. 
I don't. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I know but they just speculate. they want him to shoot a lot of threes. Sure. Okay. Now, could, I just didn't know if this could change his role at all. No, they they haven't. Jeff Teague was Jeff. I think D'Angelo Russell is just kind of a better version of Jeff Teague because okay. Jeff, Jeff Teague was kind of a shoot first, dribble the air out of the ball point guard. <laughs> yes, he was. And he wasn't. Jeff Teague wasn't out there like Rubio, just looking to set people up fourteen times a game. But you know, this is. In a league where there's a lot of dominant wing players, the Timberwolves formula is a big man who shoots threes mm-hmm. and doesn't play defense, and a point guard who looks to get his shot up first. And it's going to be so important to fill those other pieces with strong defensive players, strong shooters, and guys who can play off the ball that aren't necessarily in need of even touching the ball to, you know, not needing a play run through them. It will be so fascinating to see how they set this up. And how they fortify a couple of guys who aren't good defenders. And in the case of D'Angelo Russell, who has a lot of that volume scorer, chucker mentality to him. But he's a better player than Wiggins. There's a better chemistry between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. And those are the two most important things for me today anyways. Yeah, but like I said, all these other guys, it sounds like Garrison Rosas got a bunch of guys who he can either keep and they can be parts of parts of the puzzle, pieces of the puzzle, and role players or guys who you could easily get out from their contracts and go look for somebody else. So it is an audition for just about everybody on this roster to see if they can play in the system and 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 ultimately make Carl Anthony Towns better as and D'Angelo Russell better as role players around him. But you're not you're not building with those guys necessarily. If it's not them, it can be somebody else. If Carl Anthony Towns isn't the dude who you think he is when you started building this thing, that puts a major rent that. That puts more than a major wrench in the plans. You need a new plan. Like the rest of it, you can recover from. You can you can you can reroute if if one of these role players doesn't turn out to be the. If Malik Beasley isn't the guy who you thought he was when you traded for him and you thought he could be part of this, you can get out. You can get out of that. That doesn't change the plan. It's maybe a small diversion. Carl Anthony Towns, if he's not that dude, you need a new plan. You need a new plan altogether. That's why the only things that matter to me. Like I said, is D'Angelo, who is D'Angelo Russell? What kind of player is he? And that's not a knock on him. That's more on me and not having seen him on a night-in, night-out basis. And is Carl Anthony Towns the guy we want him to be or the guy who's been pouting for a month and a half and hasn't won a game since Thanksgiving? And we're going to find a lot out in the second half of the season because they're no longer invested in tanking. I think they'd like to, ideally they'd like to find out a lot, find out that this is the right Oh, keep duo. losing. I hope they keep losing and now lose. that we're here. Now that we're here, just keep on losing. But the problem is if they keep losing, by the end of the season, we're going to say, well, why didn't you win more games? And actually, Towns and D'Angelo you know Russell. Actually, losing might be the best thing when we're talking about the test that Carl Anthony Towns now faces. Can this guy be a positive beacon of light for this organization but even dude, when the chips are down? But if you have... If, if you have Again, this is sort of the the idea of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell versus whatever the reality of those two guys is. If you have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and those guys are living up to what you think they should live up to, you should not be losing all of your games anymore. No, like you should be a five hundred or better team to, in the second half. But he half has of the to season. lead that then, like last night. Yep, that was a thirteen win Hawks team, guys. That team had thirteen wins coming in here. Okay, so it's not like you were playing the Clippers or something. What I what I would do though, if I'm Gerson and Ryan today, I call in Cat and I say, whatever's bothered you, whatever's been the problem, it ends now. We didn't we don't involve you like we have so that you can decide selectively when you're gonna try and you are tell us right now if you don't want to be part of the plan. Because we've involved you intimately, right? 
So if you don't want to be part of the plan, tell us. But Ryan Saunders was hired in large part because he's Cat's guy. And Cat loves, supposedly, Ryan and loved Flip, right? And what's he done so far to honor that? In the last two months, what's he done to make good on that? He talks a lot about it, yeah, but but to so, what, but to what? And again, it sounds like I'm sitting here making a it's bunch time of excuses. To do it. I think there are there are you're, reasons and there are excuses. You're a cat enabler, as Judd would. Term Just turn it. in your card. I've turned in my card. <laughs> no, I'm fine you're with a cat it. Enabler. I, but, but I'm not trying to trade him early on this. You're too early. No, no, on no. This. I'm no longer enabling him. I I still want him to succeed. I don't want to trade him. I'm not done with him. But what I'm saying is, I gave up on Wiggy because I. Became convinced he hated his sport. Sure, I don't think Cat hates his sport. No, he he doesn't. He doesn't at all. He has every opportunity now to prove us wrong again. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.